0: Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We continue our college football previews with the SEC, the greatest conference in all of college football. We, if we have time, we'll talk some major league baseball as well. We got a guest coming on here in a moment as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover.
1: Hey, good. Okay. What you got cooking? How's
0: about cooking something up in me? Hello and welcome to an all-new Sports stove podcast, presented by In the Clutch. In the Clutch is a uh, officially licensed apparel company where you can get T-shirts for Major League Baseball. Uh, NFL, NHL, all kinds of different things, including Major League Baseball Players Association t-shirts, lots of fun stuff there. So go to InTheClutch.com, use the code SPORTSSTOVE, you're going to get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that's InTheClutch.com, code SPORTSSTOVE. We welcome, uh, as he's normally here with us on these episodes, my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, you look another year older and wiser uh, following your birthday yesterday. Happy <laughs> birthday, and welcome back to the show. How you doing?
1: Well, thanks. I'm definitely older, no doubt about that, so we'll <laughs> see.
0: Uh, feeling it every day, huh?
1: That's it.
0: <laughs> well, one thing that'll make you younger is college football. Talking college football, getting ready for college football as well, and today... Yeah. Uh, we get to the what I think is the best football conference um, in the SEC there are some people who will argue the big ten is that but top to bottom I think it's hard to argue against the SEC uh, as well and I know we've been we've talked about this um, realignment and stuff going on over the last several weeks and it seems as though right now everything's kind of calmed down and everything's kind of just Hinging on Notre Dame at this point, wherever Notre Dame decides they're going to go, then things will pick up again. Uh, we talked about Notre Dame last week, dad, but I continue to hear Clemson and Florida state specifically and Miami gets thrown in there. Some as well as potential targets for the sec. Uh, the sec says they're going to stand pat with what they got at 16 with Oklahoma and Texas coming in in a couple of years, uh, how long do you think the SEC will stand by that? We're going to stand Pat <laughs> line before they, they go after some more teams.
1: Um, I, well... I, I, th- if they do stand pad, it'll be till the big 10 adds more and then um, they'll want to add more. So I, I, I think we're looking at bigger conferences um, a little bit, again, not maybe a whole lot more. And we talked a little bit last time, um, you know, we haven't really heard anything of schools being taken out of conferences. Now, right. if that happened, then I could see it staying around the 16 number, but I don't know that that's going to happen.
0: No, no, it probably isn't. And Again, most likely scenario is you're looking at Clemson and Florida State. Then again, the possibility of Miami being added into that group as well. How do teams like that fit? To me, Florida State fits just fine. Clemson, I guess, fits. They're just, I don't know, to me, a stereotypical ACC school. Um, And then Miami is kind of, in my opinion, kind of like Notre Dame. They kind of fit wherever they end up. They'll be just fine wherever they go. What are your thoughts on those three schools?
1: Um, Well, I I think, like I said, Florida State will fit in fine. And I think Clemson will, too. I mean, you know, they're right there in South Carolina. um, Very, very much, you know, um, historic Southern program. And um, I think that would add a lot to the conference. So uh, it was interesting, though, I saw um, yesterday that – We talk about realignment. Coach Prime was talking about things, so I think every conference is going to, you know, there's once things the dust settles a little bit, be interesting to see how these other teams and other conferences align. You know, he talked about being very historic there, but it's all about the money and helping your school. And um, so I, I think there's more changes down the road, but probably once these big big conferences get settled. Where does a team like Jackson State go? Um, well, again, you know, w- w- with the name recognition um, of Coach Coach Dion, and you know, they recruited one of the top guys this year. If he could get in another conference, that would probably really help his recruiting. I think you know, w- rather than him moving to an established conference, you might be looking more at establishing a brand new conference, maybe getting. Awesome maybe getting 10 teams or a dozen teams, maybe eight to start with. Um, Because, again, I I just don't see these smaller conferences uh, holding on, really.
0: Yeah, maybe before the season starts, we'll try to get on um, – why did his name just slip me? Um, Gumbert, Ted Gumbert, who's the commissioner of the ASUN conference. He's been on the show before. Maybe we'll try to get him on one of these shows to talk about realignment and all that's happening in the college sports world, he's kind of crazy. So he would answer. He would actually answer questions. So, so we can we can try to get him on one of these days as well. If we can get him on a day he's not high, it would probably be ideal. But, um, anyways, that being said, uh, we're going to talk SEC, and we'll get to our preview in just a minute. But first, I want to bring in a guest for today's show. Uh, we've got on with us. He's a member of the Belly Up family. He's also uh and i just let's see here i switched it out there he is he's also the sports editor of the camden news we welcome into the show now michael Hannock. uh michael welcome to the show how you doing
2: i'm good uh glad to be here thanks guys
0: yeah good to have you on and excited you know when we get to college football talking college football and getting to conferences specifically there's always a lot to talk about with the sec and uh so we might as well start at the top right alabama and georgia alabama's been you know, the SEC champ for several years, it seems like, uh, with LSU and Georgia sprinkled in there. Um, is there any reason to think it's going to be any different this year, that one of those teams? Would you take Alabama and Georgia versus the field, or do you think there's a surprise team out there?
2: Uh, I really think it's Alabama and Georgia for, um, against everybody else. And uh, me, as an Alabama fan, I'm loving it. Um, last year was a little, you know, heartbreaking at the end. But I get it. You know, Georgia has a miracle defense um, once every, I think, what, every every 50 years there's always a miracle defense like that. And I think it's it goes back to uh, 2011 Alabama defense right there. So,
0: hmm. Yeah, that defense was historically great last year for Georgia. Uh, incredible. And they, but they lost a lot of those guys to the uh, NFL this year. So let's talk about that kind of retooling effort, Georgia and Alabama both. Have to do it seems like every year, and yet they still stay at the top. So, is there if there if there's going to be a drop off this year? Do you think it's coming from Georgia or Alabama?
2: I definitely think it's going to be more Georgia, and I can see that coming from both sides. Um, first thing, Georgia loses eight uh, starters off the bat. Now they have experienced players coming as full time starters, but um, it's much harder to replace starting defense than it is offense. And Alabama has had that in the past. Um, I think after the 2009 season when Alabama won the championship, they lost many of their stars um, for the following season. And I think they lost three games to next year. So that's always mm-hmm. difficult to replace. <clears throat> Excuse me. And with Alabama now, I think the right side of Alabama having a loss in the championship is that the following year, they always find a way to come back with a much more aggressive mentality. Um 2008, they lost in the Sugar Bowl to Utah. The next season, they won the championship um, against Texas. In the championship of 16, they lost. The following season, they won the championship. And then the 2019 season, when they were left out of the playoffs for the first time, uh, they came back with a vengeance to win the championship uh, in dominated fashion. So I think with that loss to Georgia in the championship, I think that's going to propel Alabama to the top once again.
0: Uh, Let's talk Georgia, and I don't know how uh, unbiased you can be, but uh, Stetson Bennett at quarterback returns. There's been a lot of kind of controversy around Stetson Bennett, just a lot of people thinking he doesn't deserve to be the guy, yet he's done pretty good there at Georgia, and he's back again this year. So what do you expect to see out of Stetson Bennett this year?
2: And I've been been a big critic against uh, Bennett because you had a – you had a power five consistent starter at quarterback in JT Daniels. I mean, he's done pretty good things at USC and he wanted to do the same thing at Georgia. But yet I'm thinking, what is Kirby smart doing? What is he doing? He's like, again, he's going to mishandle the quarterback situation just as he did with Justin Fields and uh, Aaron Murray. And then. Going to ruin the quarterback situation for Georgia. The and manager quarterback. in. He's got attributes that make him a really solid passer that can be NFL ready. So I think, you know, he'll find a way to get the uh, offensive side. Of the and I think that's, he's going to be the main difference for them this season. It's really going to be on his shoulders. He's not going to have the defense to back him up. This is a critical year for him.
0: Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> we we'll see exactly who Stetson Bennett is this year. Uh, let's talk about a new coach in the league. Brian Kelly comes over from Notre Dame. Now at LSU, a little bit of a rebuilding year for LSU, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, Brian Kelly comes over. He made a splash early on with some awkward pictures and the 360 machine and everything. Um, How do you think uh, the SEC is going to welcome in Brian Kelly?
2: Oh, I think the uh, SEC and their fans have done a very good job of with memes and just amazing videos from, uh, from ESPN. Um, Brock Kelly has been trying to replicate what Lane Kiffin has done with these recruits. He's been trying to be more technologically savvy. Uh, He's been more meme ready. He's done TikToks with him. He's even tried to replicate that southern accent. I'm here with my family, that kind of thing. <laughs> and you know, it just doesn't work with him. Yeah, when he when he comes from Connecticut, when he coaches at Cincinnati, then South Bend, Indiana, you know you don't grab a Southern accent like that. And even Nick Saban doesn't have that whenever you push to LSU after, you know, come from Michigan state. But I will give Kelly a little bit of credit here uh, Coming from Notre Dame to LSU. He already has some solid recruits uh, that Mm -hmm. Ogeron has pulled in. Uh, Say what you want about Ogeron. He is not a head coach. He's more of a babysitter, but he is an absolutely great recruiter that I will give Mm -hmm. him and he knows how to utilize that talent he has. You saw that with Joe Burrow. Um, Kelly is more of a coach that can get talent from all of his players, and he can utilize any specific game uh, game stances, game plans, and I think that's going to be the difference for LSU. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a recruit, uh, rebuilding year. I do think they have more talent than expected. Uh, I do think they just – they're going to have a little bit of a tough time trying to regroup enough against the LSU – I'm sorry, against the Georgias, against the Alabamas, and honestly even against the Arkansas. I think that's going to be a little bit of a tough battle uphill. But I see Kelly trying to get LSU to great heights. It's just the future recruits seeing all this stuff, how how is that going to factor in? I don't think that's necessarily a good thing.
0: How many years till Kelly has LSU back as a legit contender in the ACC?
2: I honestly see them – if he gets them to an eight-win season or a nine-win season, I'm going back and forth uh, between those two. I honestly see them going the following year into an SEC West contender. and win the West, then you're automatically in the college football playoffs essentially.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's see here. A and M made a lot of new buzz this off season with the NIL stuff from Jimbo Fisher and going after Nick Saban. Of course, we know they got to play Nick Saban this year in Alabama, and we know that it's going to be uh, potentially ugly uh, with that. But A and M, I don't know. I don't have a ton of respect for them. I don't. I don't mind Jimbo Fisher. I just don't. I am not scared of A and M. Uh, should we be scared of A and M? Should are they going to be a legit threat this year?
2: Everyone says they're going to be a threat and they have too much talent to not be a threat. They have too much talent to sit at home with another eight and four record. If they have lost to Alabama, as expected, they would be seven and five. Jimbo Fisher would be on the hot seat going into this season. His seat would be scorching hot. One win against Bama against his former uh, mentor. I mean, and he's, you know, the God of college football, but Mm. You can get all the recruits you want. I don't see a, I don't see huge success coming from Jimbo Fisher. I know he had great seasons at, at Florida State. Anytime you have a high school, that happens. But Jimbo Fisher has always found a way to kind of lose games and to lose championships. I, And that's, that's me being unbiased. Now, being biased, I don't think he has it. I don't think he has the potential to bring Texas A&M – to that up level to playoff contender that they should be with these recruits.
0: So yeah, I can see sure. that their schedule. They've got an interesting schedule. A lot of toss up games on that schedule. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how they shake through that. They've got Arkansas, they've got LSU, um, they've got Alabama, those kinds of games. It's going to be an interesting one to see. Let's get to a couple other teams, uh, Tennessee. So I grew up in Tennessee, grew up a Tennessee fan um, and I've become more, just you a know, general college football fan over the last decade or so. But um, there's a lot of hype around Tennessee, and their recruiting class is great, but that doesn't necessarily do a ton for him this year. Uh, so Josh Heupel and what he's doing in Tennessee, it seems to be on the upward progression. But Hendon Hooker's getting a lot of pub as a, one of the best SEC quarterbacks. And I just have a hard time, maybe that's been the last 15, 20 years of heartache, but, but I have a hard time going, yeah, this is the team that's going to be they're going to be legit for Tennessee and move them forward. I like Hypel. I like what he's done. I like the hire when they hired him. But how good is Tennessee or how bad is Tennessee going to be this year?
2: So I do think Hooker is a quarterback that not many college football casuals are looking at. They need to be looking at him a little bit more. I think he's a much more efficient passer than they've had quarterbacks in the past couple of years. I know – uh, Joe Milton has been a quarterback that you know, many perceive he's going to be a starter right then and there. Well, Shopify says you can sell anywhere. Oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up, just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory levels good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level
1: or on top of the world.
2: Ah, uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. You really can sell to anyone, from anywhere.
0: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or sea floors. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So, they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to BlackHillsEnergy.com team ready.
2: But come, he, Hooker came in with some productivity. He's a solid passer, he's a great runner, uh, he knows how to control an offense. He did so at Virginia Tech where that is the definition program of a game manager. And then hmm. you bring that to Tennessee where he has SEC caliber talent. And then you have um, a receiver. I'm blanking on his name right now, Cedric Till- uh, Tillman. He, yeah. he, I don't know if people are overlooking him. He's great as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Tennessee could be a serious threat to Georgia. Um, if Georgia's defense can't get it together with them trying to rebuild their defense – I can see Tennessee going for uh the SEC East title.
0: That's what we like to hear. SEC East title in the in the in the uh the what's the word I'm looking for? The windshield ahead of us. Um
2: and I'm an Alabama fan, so it hurts me to say. <laughs> I, I have Tennessee and then I have Auburn, Texas and LSU. Tennessee. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, Kentucky. So I live in Lexington, Kentucky now. And uh, there's a lot of hype here. And I'm very pessimistic about Kentucky. And granted, that's because I grew up in Tennessee. Uh, But there's a lot of hype. Will Levis getting a lot of hype. Uh, CBS Sports at one point said he could be the number one overall draft pick, which is not going to happen. No chance in the world. But uh, this is an interesting team. Stoops has done a good job with recruiting the middle-level guys. Not a whole lot of top-tier guys, but guys that can really build out a roster really well and they've been somewhat competitive for Kentucky at least in their last couple of years. I kind of see them going the wrong direction. Honestly, Uh, they lost some important pieces from last year's team, but they do have a decent quarterback. So what do you, what do you view Kentucky being this year?
2: So I, I respect Kentucky. They're a former basketball school. We've seen what their basketball program has done in the past. Um, Here's the thing with Kentucky, and I hope I'm wrong on this. Uh, they are replacing a lot of their front seven. They're replacing a lot of their offensive line. Um, and you're right. Um, Le- Le- uh, Will is a great quarterback. I think he's third in the NFL draft right now. And that's not that's not a down thing when I say that he's behind um, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, if those two quarterbacks go one and two, you can easily see him go third overall to most likely my Seattle Seahawks. So, and I will welcome him with open arms. But <laughs> with all this talent being replaced, it's going to be tough for them to have to compete with Georgia, have to compete with Tennessee, because um, they have to go they have to go to at Florida week two. That's yeah. that's off the bat. At home, this is going to be tricky. South Carolina is going to be tough. I think if South, if Kentucky can't find a way to um, manage all their new stars, I can see them going for the SEC East behind South Carolina. I have more hope for South Carolina than I have do I have for Kentucky. I'm with you.
0: I'm with you on that one, Michael. Dad, any SEC questions for Michael?
1: No, that was very interesting. From there, I think there's a good, you know, good takes on everything, and um, it's going to be an interesting year in the conference because there's a lot of teams outside of the top two. Um, You know, one team wins a couple of these games, and team loses a couple is really going to shake up the standings. So, I think it'll be a very, very, very competitive, very interesting season.
0: Michael, what's uh, give me two games you're really looking forward to this year. You mentioned Kentucky-Florida. I think that's a, a very important game this year. But mm-hmm. what are what are two games you see on the SEC schedule that, that have your attention?
2: So I'm going to give the one that's not necessarily Texas A&M-Alabama. That's probably going to be the spoiler alert for number one. Um, yeah. I really do think Alabama-Arkansas is going to be the probably the second best game of the year. We see Georgia, but they have a soft schedule, to be honest. Look, I'm going to throw that out there. Arkansas is sneakily one of the most complete teams in the SEC West outside Alabama. I think they're more complete yeah. than LSU, uh, more complete than a to be honest. Um, and that that's a hot take, I know. But Arkansas had a one-score um, possession with Alabama last year. I think yeah. Arkansas with KJ Jefferson – with that deep new defense they have, um, they're going to make some pretty remarkable numbers happen. And I think, you know, Jefferson, he's a dark horse for the Heisman. He could make his way up there. And I want to throw out a receiver that's coming in. Um, Jaden Hasselin from uh, Oklahoma. He's going to be an immediate replacement for um, Traylon Burks. I think he's mm-hmm. going to be um, a very serious Bletnikoff uh, award recipient.
0: You have Arkansas over A and M right now? I,
2: I am going back and forth on this. I I hate to say and I'm only I'm only doing this for potential, but I have A and M at two. But anytime you have potential over actual results, it makes you look foolish. But if AM does not win at least eight or nine of their games next this season Jimbo Fisher needs to be on the hot seat.
0: Hmm,
2: I mean, yeah. this we've seen him slide past the hot seat just casually so many years. This is a serious year.
0: Last question for you. We can't talk about the SEC without making fun of Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt, their win total is at two and a half this year. Um, and they've got three non-conference games. Which So basically Vegas is telling us they're, no, they're only winning two of their non-conference games. Um, what do you see? I, I like the coaching hire, and I think over time, if they're patient and they tend to be, they, they, they'll be respectable, which for Vanderbilt is six wins. So, um, I mean, is there any chance for them winning an SEC game this year?
2: I don't even know if I have them winning at Hawaii. I'm still back and forth on that. Oh. That – it's, it's a tough one, I know. It's, yeah, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still going back and forth on that. Uh, the SEC schedule is absolutely brutal for them. Um, yeah. The one winnable game for sure, I think, for them is at Missouri because I think mm-hmm. Missouri may have a significant downfall right now. I don't – I like their head coach, but I don't like their talent right now. Um, but, like I said, at Missouri may be the most winnable game. It's on the road. That's going to be tougher than the to wind.
0: Right. <laughs> oh, it sure is. That's Michael Hannick. Again, he's with the sports, uh, with the sports stove. He's with the Belly Up Sports family as well as the editor of, uh, an editor with Camden News as well. Michael, tell the folks where they can find you at if they want to follow you on social media.
2: Yeah. So you can, um, I'm on Twitter. You can follow me at Michael Hannick. That's H A N I C H. I also have um, Facebook. I give plenty of my, um, fun hot takes there. I'm on Instagram. I do that as well. That's uh Hannock at the disco. So. Okay. People love, people love that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Michael, I appreciate it. We had a good time with you today. We'll get you back on down the road of some as well, but thanks for tuning in or thanks for being on with us today. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, having me.
0: Not a problem. All right, that's Michael Hannock again with Camden News uh, and Belly Up Sports. Uh, and so, Dad, let's get in. He had some, some good takes in there, some interesting thoughts, uh, especially around Arkansas I thought was really intriguing uh, there. But let's talk through. We're going to start with the East, Dad, as we break down the SEC. And um, we'll start start with Georgia, right? It's the best, best place to start when you're talking about the SEC East. Uh, Georgia returns only 10 starters in this year they lost a lot of defensive talent last year their defense held teams the 10.2 points per game 4.2 yards per play uh but they are reloading all right they don't rebuild they reload there at georgia and we talked about it earlier stetson bennett is back at quarterback i don't know how much confidence that gives you in georgia or not they're at 11 and a half is their win total so your thoughts on georgia and then over under 11 and a half
1: um i think um I think Georgia is gonna be fine um you know again, Michael as an Alabama fan, you know, was just a hair of prejudice but um I think Georgia is where Alabama is as far as recruiting and being able to um you know reload um they did lose a lot of guys, um but I think you know their defense I'm sure they have other guys there that played and played a lot. <laughs> And uh, I know some of their guys that started last year didn't start until they they did last season. So I think Georgia is going to be just fine uh, from there. Um, as far as 11 and a half, I would think they would have to be under that because I think they'll probably win 11. Um but I, I think Georgia is going to be a very good team, and and might win, you know, might win the SEC. You don't know they're they're going to have a lot of talent. It will be interesting with the quarterback, you know, and how everything goes on the offense. But I think Kirby Smart is a good coach, and um, it I, I think Georgia is around for a while. I'm with you on the under. I 11, I think, makes
0: sense. I think you could even see them slip to 10, possibly, which is still a phenomenal season. But just maybe this year, I think they're going to be a step back this year uh, slightly. They've got an interesting schedule, Dad. And when I looked at their games, there's two games that stood out to me. One is the non-conference game against Oregon. Uh, is going to be a tough one for them. And then the other one is in-conference is Tennessee. I think Tennessee's that team this year that's going to be – uh, really pesky and hard hard to, hard to deal with uh, this year. So I, I gave one out of conference, one in conference. Who's the game to watch for against Georgia this year?
1: Um, looking at it, I think it's an Oregon game. I think that's important because that's the start of the season. And I think if they can roll against Oregon, um, not just win, but you know win win kind of decisively, then that's going to give them confidence to really move on. If they were to lose to Oregon then that kind of changes you know, things and puts them in the hole just a little bit um, for, for much of the season. So I think the Oregon game is a big one.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, let's go to Tennessee, Dad. Uh, you spent a lot of time in Tennessee, a lot of your life in Tennessee. I spent all well, the first 26 years of my life in Tennessee. Uh, and the expectations there in Knoxville this year are higher than they've been in quite some time. And again, great recruiting class, which doesn't always mean anything for this year necessarily, but it shows a program on the rise. Hendon uh, Hooker, at quarterback, he solidified himself as the guy at Tennessee. They've got some young quarterbacks there in the waiting. They returned four offensive linemen, uh, so they only had to replace one offensive lineman, which should mean they improve there. They have to improve the defense. Uh, they took a big blow. Uh, on the defense with when they hired Heupel and people transferring out, Henry Toa Toa was one of those guys. He's with Alabama now um, and one of the stars to watch for this year. So Tennessee lost a lot on defense and they are still working to, to improve that. Their win totals at seven and a half this year. Uh, where do you see Tennessee and how do you like them with the over under?
1: Um, well, I, I think Tennessee, like I said, is headed in the right direction. I think that's the thing. There is high expectations, but I would assume they're somewhat reasonable if they can continue moving in, in the right direction, being with the conference that they're in. But they do have some strong players. If I remember right, they recruiting. They've recruited well on the defense, so that will be young guys. But, um, I, you know, again, the coach seems to be an excellent coach and I think Tennessee's headed in the right direction, and they could easily be a team that could surprise a couple games. Uh, like you said, there seven and seven and a half. I think they'll be over that. I think there'll be eight, you know, nine wins. I think nine would be a great season for them, and I think that um, that, that could, could easily happen.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think nine would be a phenomenal season. Eight is kind of where I have my expectations set at. I uh, would not be surprised if they only won seven, but uh eight's kind of where I'm looking at. The game that I have, Dad, is LSU. It's a game that, again, new coach, uh, rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it, that's a game they need to win and kind of prove that they are a legit team to be dealt with this year. I say you can lose against Georgia. You can lose against Alabama. I think Alabama's on their schedule this year. Uh, you can lose against Alabama, and you can live with that. Uh, but you don't want to lose against teams like LSU this year, Uh, If you're if you are a program on the rise. So LSU is the game I'm watching for Tennessee. How about you?
1: I think the big game is Florida. Um, It always kind of is. And it's early in the year. It is at Tennessee. They have them at home and uh, they need to win that to get momentum going into the season. If they were to lose the Florida game. Then um, you know, you get into a lot more have to win situations where I think um, you know, and again, it just built a lot of confidence on the team and everyone and being us at home. I, I think the Florida game is very important.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. It definitely is. Uh let's move to Kentucky now. We just talked about them with Michael, high and super high expectations, an eight and a half win total. Uh Will Levis is getting a lot of publicity, but he loses his, you know, Wanda Robinson, who was is everything last year on offense uh, to the NFL draft. He's got a new offensive coordinator, which is a big deal. If you know anything about Kentucky's offense in the past, it was not good. They didn't throw the ball at all. Then Liam Cohen comes in, and, and they get really good. Wendell Robinson's a big part of that. Liam Cohen goes back to the NFL, and now they got a new offensive coordinator. They're always pretty decent on the offensive line. They've always got good depth at running back. The defense has to meet the expectations. Stoops is supposed to be a defensive coach, and the defense has underachieved multiple times under him as the head coach. So the defense has to meet the expectations. Eight and a half wins, Dad. I'm going under. I I see it being seven or eight wins. I cannot see this team getting to nine or ten wins because of what they lost on offense last year. So I'm under that eight and a half. What are your thoughts on Kentucky?
1: Um, yeah, I, I'm under eight and a half on them too. Um, again, you know, they, they did lose some key pieces, even though they've got a quarterback and they may have overachieved a little bit last year. Or so, um, and there's a lot of good teams in the conference. I think they're going to have trouble with some of maybe the middle teams right in their tier, like Ole Miss and things like that. And, um, I, I, I think under eight and a half, I think, like you said, seven or eight wins. Uh, and eight wins would still probably be a good good win, good good season for them this year even though that may not meet their expectations.
0: Who's the game to watch for Kentucky?
1: I think it's Tennessee. Um, if you know again if they were to beat Tennessee um, you know that would be a big thing for them and if they lose to Tennessee that's going to put them definitely in a hole. Um, I think the Tennessee game. It's a little later in the season, but um, I, I and I think just you know fan wise and everything, I think the Tennessee game will be a big game for them. Yeah, I went with the Florida
0: game here again. I think that Kentucky and Florida are kind of at that same boat right now. And I think you could probably couple Tennessee into that as well, but Florida is in that kind of rebuild mode, and Kentucky has to beat them because Florida will get better, and uh, so they got to beat them this year. For sure, I think if if Florida can beat, uh, excuse me, if Kentucky can beat Florida and Tennessee, then they break that eight and a half. Uh, they go over, but I don't, I don't know if they'll win either of those games. And we're talking about at Florida; uh, it's going to be crucial, crucial game for them uh, there this year as well. Speaking of Florida, let's talk about the Gators. They have quarterback Anthony Richardson. He's a dual threat quarterback. He's solid on the ground. He's decent in the air as well. I like their coach and Billy Napier. I think given time. He'll be able to build them back to something that's contender-ish. They have a really, really tough September schedule, which is going to could get them off on a really bad foot to start the year and could hurt their chances this year as well. Their win total set at seven, uh, and I'll go ahead and give you the spoiler, Dad. I got again their key game being Kentucky, uh, and I have them under seven games. Although I think seven's probably the right number, uh, but that, again, that September schedule is tough. So, your thoughts on Florida?
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. Seven is about where I think they'll be. Um, so, you know, I guess you would call that under, um, again, if they win one that, you know, one of the close ones, that would be different, but again, they could fall down and maybe have trouble qualifying for a bowl if they struggle a little bit there. So it'd be interesting. I think one thing that hurts them again is they're out of conference schedule with Utah. They're right off. That could be a big game. And, um, could be tough um, from there. Again, I, I think the, the big game for them is Kentucky, um, and because it's an early game, uh, early in the season, and uh, that'll affect things.
0: Yeah, I think that Kentucky-Florida game sets sets both teams on a, uh, on track for what they're going to be throughout the season. Uh, let's talk about South Carolina. South Carolina, Michael gave South Carolina a little bit of pub there. New quarterback Spencer Rattler comes over from Oklahoma. They've got a ton of transfers. Uh, guys that have come in the defense was not good at all against the run last year but they've done a lot to try to build this team through the transfer portal they have their win total set at six and i gotta tell you a lot of people think that's low what are your thoughts on south carolina
1: i think they can be above six they could you know you know, get to seven and again you know having a new quarterback should energize them i think rattler um could do well there And um, I would have them being over six. Again, I don't think they're going to be dominant in the conference. But, again, they're one of those five or six teams that are in there just depending. They win a game or two, it's going to make them with a lot better season. If they lose, um, you know, to be disappointed. But I think they could win seven games.
0: Yeah, I'm over – I think they'll win more than seven. I'm over on South Carolina. Rattler, they've got to find – Two years ago, Spencer Rattler versus last year Spencer Rattler. They got to yeah. find find him and what what he can do and use them to the best of their ability. I think South Carolina pushes for third in the East, uh, jumping Kentucky and Florida. Um, I I've got it Georgia Tennessee, and then I question I battle with those next three Kentucky Florida South Carolina. I think South Carolina could have a pretty big season. Now their game to watch I've got against Arkansas. They go to Arkansas this year and Arkansas is going to be a really good team. And that's the kind of team that you can upset and really turn your season uh, into something special. So that's the game I have for South Carolina. Who's your game to watch against South Carolina? Yes.
1: That's, that's the same one, the Arkansas game. And again, because it's early, I don't think losing to Arkansas will destroy their season, but if they were to beat Arkansas, that would really um, propel them. I think in some ways, And so, yeah, I saw the Arkansas game as being the big one.
0: Yep, I'm with you. Uh, Missouri, I'm sorry, Missouri, uh, Mizzou, (laughs) where they are. They won three of their last five SEC games last year, but they lose their quarterback. They've got quarterback battle going on. They lose their running back, Tyler Batty, who had 161 all-purpose yards per game. You lose a player that gave you 161 yards per game, that's going to hurt. Uh, their win total set at five, Dad. I'm going to go over, but very hesitantly <laughs> over. I'm saying six wins makes sense for Missouri. Uh, this team lost a lot, though, last year.
1: Yes, it did. And um, I think five wins is about where they're at. So I guess you would say, you know, um under, again, I think about five wins will be where they're at. Could be less. Again, if I'd be surprised, but they could upset um, some people there. But, again, a lot of it will be there out of conference. You know, games that you look at the schedule and say they ought to win. But um, what happens if all of a sudden La Tech, you know, beats them or something? They can have a good team sometime, same thing with Kansas State. So those will be, um, you know, I, I think Missouri will be about right at five.
0: Uh, who's their game to watch?
1: I think it's Kentucky. Um, If they were going to have a surprising season, it'd be beating Kentucky, and then that would put them in a win total. Um, You know, They could get them in a bowl or whatever. I think that would be a big game for them.
0: I put the road game against South Carolina as my game to watch for Missouri. I think if they can win that one, they get to six wins. Uh, If they can't, they're staying at five or under. Uh, Vanderbilt, again, I like their head coach, Clark Clark Leah. Um, They've got a QB battle. They've got They've got decent running backs. Their offensive line, though, is bad. And you can have good running backs and a bad offensive line. You're not going to know you have good running backs. So that's going to hurt them. They just need time to build. He needs time to be able to to put something together. And again, respectable for Vanderbilt six wins. Uh, Two and a half wins is what they're set at, Dad. I've got them going over. I've got them going three wins. And I've got their big game is on the road against Northern Illinois, which is a game that most people don't have them winning. Um, that gets them to three. I think they win the three non-conference games and lose everything in the conference. What's your thoughts on Vanderbilt?
1: Um, again, I think Vanderbilt, like you said, they they may in some ways be, you know, um, may be able to turn things around in a few years. But this year, the conference is so strong. Um, I, I think I, I would go under with two and a half. I think two wins may very well be um, where they're at there. Um, I think their big game will be Tennessee. It kind of always is if they're gonna salvage anything in the season, be upsetting Tennessee. I don't think that will happen this year. But um, I think that would be the big game. And I think the highlight of the year for Vanderbilt football will be the number first game because they get to make a trip to Florida or to trip to Hawaii. I'm sorry. And the players will enjoy that. And that should be the highlight of the year for the Commodores anchor down and head to Hawaii. All
0: right. Let's get to the West uh, as time is moving. Uh, Alabama, they got the Heisman winner, Bryce Young, and he'll go for a Repeat Heisman winning performance. They got new wide receivers as all their main wide receivers went to the NFL. I mentioned them earlier. Henry Toa Toa linebacker, phenomenal player. If you don't know his name yet, you'll know it by the end of this year. Uh, transferred in from Tennessee, and they've got they've got a really tough road schedule. Dad, uh, Alabama is set up tough on the road. A lot of tough games on the road this year. Their win total set at eleven. I've already said Texas A and M is the game I'm watching with Alabama this year. Uh, give me your thoughts on Alabama.
1: Well, I think um, as far as uh, win total, I, I don't think I think they'll lose at least one game, um, if not two. So I think eleven may be where they're at. Um, they're, again, they're going to be a very good team. Of course, we know they're very well coached. They have a lot of talent, um, but again, we'll just see. You know, with way things ended up last year. Do they you know they keep everything together there they've had some um, some distraction, I think just a little bit and I think the A&M thing is going to continue to provide a little bit of that. but um, I, I would think 10 or 11 wins, so I don't have them over 11 wins. And to me, the game of the year, I don't know if this will be the one they'll lose, but important one is Texas. Texas is not, you know, um, you know, we're hoping they or it looks like, you know, their fans are hoping they'll turn things around in the near future. But that 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 you know, if that was a game Alabama kind of overlooked, um, I, I'm really real intrigued to see how they look in a Texas game.
0: So when it comes to Nick Saban, my philosophy is don't poke the bear. And he got poked this offseason, and I think that's a bad thing for all their competition. I think they come in incredibly focused. I think Bryce Young is the best quarterback in the nation, Um, and I think Alabama runs things pretty tough this year, even with a tough schedule. I think they win the SEC. I think they go over 11. If they lose one, it wouldn't be a complete surprise, but I think this this is going to be a tough year to beat Alabama, mainly because the bear got poked, and I think that's a really stupid thing to do. Um, Texas A&M, number one recruiting class in the SEC in the nation, but they've got a quarterback battle, and anytime I see quarterback battle, um, that's a negative for me, especially when you're supposed to be one of the top teams of the SEC. They do have a great running back in Devon uh, new defensive coordinator, and as I said with Michael earlier, their schedule has a lot of games that, are going to be tough. They're going to be really close, toss-up games. They could win, they could lose kind of a thing. And I look at Jimbo Fisher, and Michael mentioned this too, as a guy who always loses some games he should not lose. And he doesn't always win games he should not win. <laughs> so that's that's kind of the, the, the hardship there for Texas A&M. They're set at eight and a half wins. I'm going to go over. Um, but, again, somewhat tentatively with this AM and m team, because I'm just not sure if they get the right quarterback, they're going to be good. If they go with the wrong quarterback and they battle through it for four or five weeks, it's going to be a big issue for you. So what do you think about Texas A&M?
1: I think they, you know, again, they've, they've recruited well, they have talent and um, I'm not as negative probably on Jimbo Fisher. Um, as you two guys were. But, again, I mean, you guys may very well be right. I think it would be over eight and a half. I think nine wins, again, would be a good season uh, for them. Ten wins would be a great season. And, they, you know, keep them headed in the direction they want to go in. Um, so I think I, I think m will be good. I don't think they'll stumble too much on the teams they should beat uh, in the conference. And, again, the big game of the year really is Alabama. They've set that up. Right. And if they were to go in there and to win, that would be amazing. So um, I think that you know that, that's the game they're going to look at. You know, it's been it's been set up that way.
0: Yeah, I I picked either Arkansas or LSU. I think are both important games. Again, they got a tough schedule. Uh, LSU is a game they they should win. Uh, Arkansas is a game that's going to be a toss up, and and I think the winner of that Arkansas A M and M game is is pushing Alabama in the West, at least scaring them. The rest of the way. That brings us to Arkansas. Arkansas is on the rise. They got the QB, KJ Jefferson. Uh, Michael called him a dark horse Heisman candidate. Uh, they did lose Traylon Burks, but their defense was really, really stout last year. Very good on third down. They weren't great, they gave up some yards and different things, but on third down, they were really, really good. And they had a fair amount of defensive additions through the portal this year as well. So I think they'll be improved on defense. And when you have a good quarterback and when you have an above good quarterback, so maybe not great, but better than good quarterback, you have potential, especially in a league like the SEC. Their win total set at seven, which really surprised me. I thought that was really low. So I'm clearly taking the over uh, there for Arkansas. And I think that A&M game is crucial for Arkansas as well. What are your thoughts on Arkansas?
1: Yes, I, I Arkansas is on the rise. I've always kind of liked Arkansas, and um, so I, I. But yeah, I think they're definitely on the rise. I think seven games is low. I think they'll go over seven games. They could finish second in the West, um, but I, I, hopefully they'll do very well. I think they will, and I agree the A and M game is the big one. If they can beat A and M, which they could, that would really change their season.
0: LSU brings in a new coach, Brian Kelly. Dad, you're not really on social media, so maybe you haven't seen all the chaos of Brian Kelly. Maybe you have, but uh, he comes in. They only return six starters, and they have a QB battle between three quarterbacks, which is, I'm telling you, not a good thing. (laughs) Um, So that's the big question mark for them, is who's going to be their quarterback. First year under Brian Kelly, seven wins is where it's set at. I'm going under... Uh, seven wins for Brian Kelly's first year. I don't think it'll be too long till he has them competitive, but I don't think this is the year for LSU. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I would agree with that. I'd go under seven. I'm interested to see how he does. He just does not seem like a coach that fits well in the SEC, but um, he may. LSU is a place where you can recruit to um, from there, but it'd be interesting to see how that goes uh, but I would go under seven, and I think the big game for them, i don't, I, again, I don't think they'll win it, but it would maybe probably change their season would be Tennessee. I think for them that's a big game.
0: Yeah, I picked Florida. Again, they're on the road against Florida. Tennessee is a good one as well. I picked LSU for Tennessee, so I think it's going to be a good game as well. Um, on the road, in the swamp, again, a game that if they win that one, it changes the direction of their season, I think. And so would the Tennessee game too. Uh, Ole Miss, they won 10 wins last year. I was way off on Ole Miss last year, by the way. I was under six wins or six and a half, whatever it was. Uh, I thought they were going to be really, really bad. They were good, uh, but they lose their QB. They lose two running backs. Uh, they do bring in USC transfer Jackson Dart, and their defense has given up a whole lot of points. So they've got to continue uh, to get the defense rolling, get them moving in the right direction. But Jackson Dart should be good at quarterback. I don't think they're going to hit that 10-win mark, Dad. Their win total is at 7.5. What do you have about Ole Miss?
1: Um, I think they go over 7.5, probably to 8. They did lose some people, so it would be interesting to see. Um, Not guaranteed they'll be really good, but I, I think they can win eight games, and I think their big game would be LSU. They can't lose to them, and that would help them there.
0: I'm right with you. I got that. That's a road game against LSU. So I'm, I picked that one as well. I've got him going under seven and a half. I'm just not a believer in Lane Kiffin. I, for, and I know that's that's going to be some biased issues for me being a Tennessee fan growing up and Lane Kiffin just, you know, stuck a knife in the back of Tennessee. And it's hard to forget that. Um, I think he's a jerk. I think he is. Um, I don't think he's a good person, honestly. But uh, nonetheless, I go under seven and a half for Ole Miss uh mississippi state speaking of weird coaches uh mike leach there at mississippi state the old line is a huge question mark for mississippi state the defense is not any good in the past and they've got a tough schedule this might be a bad year for mike leach and the bulldogs six and a half is the win total i've got them going under and i've got their big game against old miss again on the road this year what's your thoughts on mississippi state
1: um, again, I've got them under going under six and a half also. Uh, they may struggle to be able to qualify for a bowl uh, there because, again, it's just a very strong conference, and I don't think they're as strong. And um, to me, the big game, if they were going to turn it around, would be Arkansas. Arkansas should beat them, but that's a game that would change things if, if they upset that one.
0: Yeah, that would be a huge upset. Um, moving on to Auburn. Brian harson it's a make-or-break year for him. I think uh, he's on the hot seat already. He's another person that's got four quarterbacks in the room trying to vie for the starting job. He does have good running backs, but they were 11th on offense last year. The defense was okay, average or so. Uh, Their win total is at six. I have them under. I think this is Brian Harson's last year at Auburn, and I've got their big game being Mississippi State on the road. They've got to beat them to have, you know, those are the lower teams in the conference. They've got to be able to beat those kind of teams. So that's where I've got Auburn. What about you?
1: I think six games would be just about where they're at. Um, From there, I think maybe they could qualify for a bowl, but you might be right about a coaching change there. And I think their big game is always Alabama. And I think that would be true because no matter what the records are, there's been times when that game can always be trouble for Alabama And uh, so I'd have the Alabama game.
0: All right. So there you go. There's our SEC thoughts. We're going to get to our um, uh, rankings here in just a second as we go through these and kind of give you the tiers of the teams. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from In the Clutch. in the clutch.com the newest sponsors of the sports stove podcast and we are excited to partner with in the clutch.com they have officially licensed apparel and accessories for your favorite sports teams and athletes. Use code SPORTSSTOVE and get 10% off your first purchase. You can find shirts like I Still Own You Green Bay Packers. Are we talking about practice? All kinds of great shirts in baseball, football, hockey, and basketball. Officially licensed apparel from InTheClutch.com. Again, use the code SPORTSSTOVE to get 10% off your purchase. Welcome back into the Sports Stove podcast. And again, make sure you go to intheclutch.com, get yourself a nice t shirt, and use that code Sports Stove. You get 10% off your first purchase. All right, Dad, let's get into the tiers now of the SEC. We've got four tiers. First tier is the national championship tier, the second tier is SEC contenders. Third tier is bright future, but not this year. And then our last year is the Vanderbilt tier, which is utter misery. Um, So let's start at the top, national champs. Who do you have in the SEC that could be a national champ this year? Well,
1: I think it's pretty obvious it would be Alabama and Georgia. I think that's the two there, and they both will be in contention.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well. I think Bama has a better chance, but, um, yeah, I I think I'm with you. Uh, how about your SEC contenders? How many teams do you have in this tier?
1: I have two, and to be honest, I'm not sure there really is any real good contenders, but there's two there. Uh, right. I think ten- Tennessee could have a chance, and A&M, uh, that's the two I have in there.
0: All right, so I've got those two as well. I also have Arkansas. So I've got three teams in the SEC contender tier. It would take a huge surprise and a huge upset if Tennessee, a and or Arkansas won the conference. But I think there is potential for it to happen, so uh, I did that as well. All right, uh, now the next tier is typically our biggest tier. It's basically, they're not horrible, they're not great. Um, and you know, so we put them in this tier here of future brightness, but nothing right now. Uh, who do you have in that tier?
1: Um, I've got most of the other teams. I've got Kentucky. I've got Arkansas, which I think is the, is the best of those Arkansas is you have Kentucky, Florida, LSU, Ole Miss, um, Auburn, South Carolina, Missouri, and Mississippi state.
0: All right, so I've got LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, and Missouri uh, there in that category. Missouri is on the edge for me as far as being really bad, uh, but I chose to keep them in in that tier for now. So that brings us to our Vanderbilt tier. And, Dad, I have this philosophy that the Vanderbilt tier is reserved for Vanderbilt. Um, and I know you have Vanderbilt there. That's the only team that you have left. Yep. I added Auburn into this tier for this year. <laughs> I think they are going to be really bad this year. They'll fire Harson, they'll bring in a new hire, and they'll move back up to that other tier shortly. Uh but I just think this year is going to be pitiful for Auburn. <laughs> so so I put Auburn and Vanderbilt in the Vanderbilt tier. Uh any thoughts on that?
1: Uh no, I mean I, I you may be right about this would be the last year for the coach. It'd be It'd be surprising to me and really kind of sad if Auburn had that kind of year, but, uh, but we'll see.
0: All right. So there you go. SEC preview uh, ends ends with that. I've got Bama winning. That sounds like you kind of think Georgia could win the SEC. Um,
1: I think they could again. I, I think they've got things going in the right direction. Um, be very interesting. Like you said, Alabama could be very motivated. Of course, Saban's a good coach, but I think, um, you know, Kirby Smart is, too. So, um, yeah, it, it, I, it, it'd be hard to say at this point, but it should be one of those two. Um, but I think Georgia could.
0: All right. Well, I want to talk some baseball before we go. And, and to start off our baseball, I want us to uh, uh, use this segment that we call the uh, Call of the Week. on into the windup in his
1: first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner in this.
0: All right, here's the call of the week, and this happened last night, Brewers versus the Giants. Is that
2: a ball? They just the ball against Gustave, and the Giants will take the lead.
0: The last night of the Brewers-Giants game, bases loaded in the eighth inning. The umpire calls a balk on the Milwaukee pitcher, and it was clearly... Not a bulk. And yet the call was in, the run comes in, and the Giants able to hold on for the win against Milwaukee last night. So there's that. Yeah, let's talk quickly about uh, Juan Soto. Actually, let's stay with the Giants and Brewers for a second. As you're a Giants fan and I'm a Brewers fan, uh, I woke up about one thirty in the morning on, let's see here, when would that have been? Friday. And... I had my headphones in, had the Brewers and Giants game playing, and I woke up just in time to hear the grand slam from Yastrzemski to win the game against Milwaukee. Then last night, the balk to give the Giants the win. Uh, my goodness, what a what a weekend for the Giants, right?
1: That's right. Well, the Giants needed that because they got <laughs> swept a little while ago by the White Sox, and so they've got to catch back up. Uh, the Dodgers and the Padres are both winning also right now. But if Giants keep their record back up there here, and shortly after the All Star break, um, I wasn't real optimistic coming into the series about against the Brewers. Um, but yeah, it's always great to get um, you know a win, and when you can get a dominant win like that on a ball
0: you're really going in the right direction. Killing yeah, in the right direction. Dad. Uh, you, you and Juan Soto have something in common. You both turned down 15-year, $440 million offers. I offered you that to be on this show. Uh, but uh, Juan Soto turns it down. Did he turn it down because he doesn't want to play for the Nationals?
1: Um, I, I would guess that would be the reason. So <laughs> I think he sees his chance to get out now and needs to get out. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's a lot to turn down, but uh, I think it shows the direction he wants to go in. Uh, be interesting to see if the Nationals can work a trade that can help get them turned around in the near future. You know, if you're the Nationals, you hate to lose a talent like that, but uh, they're kind of in a tough spot.
0: 23-year-old superstar, you would think that you would get a haul in return uh, for him, that you would be able to to, to definitely rebuild your roster uh, if you'd Juan Soto. Uh, quickly looking at the standings, the Yankees still in firm control. Houston still in firm control. Twins still two and a half up in the central. Seattle, they're 10 days back from Houston, but they're back in the, the wild card race. They've won 13 straight. Uh, so they've made things interesting, at least in the AL, uh, and right up there with Tampa, and uh, yeah, Tampa and Toronto in the national league. The Mets still two and a half up on Atlanta. Uh, there that's definitely going to be a close race. Milwaukee a game up on St. Louis and then the Dodgers in clear control in the West now, nine and a half up on San Diego. Uh, is there anything right now as we head into the all star break that has your attention when it comes to major league baseball?
1: Well, I, I think the Seattle thing is very interesting. We, you know, we've kind of talked all year of Seattle, um, you know should be better than what they have been. And boy, you go on a streak like that, maybe they can really make some noise here in the second half of the season. And of course I've got several of their guys on my fantasy team and they've actually had pretty good years anyhow. But um be interesting to see if Seattle makes a move. Um, you know, the Guardians were doing well there for a while. Are they gonna push um you know, uh in, in that division all, will the White Sox turn around. You know, we thought LaRusso was gone a few weeks ago and that hasn't happened yet. So um be interesting. Of course the Blue Jays um, made a change. They, they 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 they've had enough of that direction. So and the Yankees of course very dominant. So um should be an interesting, you know, second half of the season and definitely an interesting August.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um Seattle you know, you got the trades. Trades will start happening here after the All Star Game. Uh, we could see some some big trades happen. Uh, I think Seattle, Chicago, and Texas are the three teams, the Cubs, uh, that I have watching out for Juan Soto. I think that makes sense with those teams. San Francisco, actually, Dad, they've got the prospects. They've got they. They could put together quite the offer for Juan Soto. I don't know if they have any interest, but they would have they would have an option option there as well. So we'll see how the trades break down as we come along as well. Next week we continue our uh, college football preview. We'll bring you a new conference. Uh, dad, we haven't talked about which one we're doing yet. Uh, but we'll, we'll bring a new conference next week and, uh, uh, talk about baseball and other things going on as well. I want to encourage you to tune in on, on, uh, Tuesday night live. Wednesday we'll drop the podcast for our local hour where we drop, uh, we're doing position previews for Eastern Kentucky University, and we'll get on the offensive line uh, this week as well. All right. We went a little bit over today. Sorry, folks, but uh, it'll be okay. Thank you for tuning in to today's Sports Stove podcast, and uh, again, happy birthday to Dad. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.